Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rosiel and my guest today is Ryan Noopel. He's the founder and CEO of Noop, Noop Solutions, Noop Sports. Ryan has a really cool job uh, and it's really interesting how it started. And I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear about it. But he has a content creation company in the sports gambling space. So it was really, really cool getting to ask him questions on how all of this started on how it expanded on what he's doing now and how he's doing it. It's just, it's very interesting. I've never had the opportunity to speak with someone like Ryan. So I'm grateful that I did get this opportunity. And I hope you guys all enjoy the conversation we had. Let's do it. All right. Today, my special guest is Ryan Newpel, founder and CEO of Noop Solutions, LLC. A little bit of sports gambling. This should be a fun one. I actually literally just recorded right before this um, with a girl who, who who's incredible. Her name's Samantha Rogers. Her episode should already be out by the time people are listening, but she's in sports philanthropy. So I was uh, looking up my list of people that I get to talk to today. Sports philanthropy, sports gambling. I love them both. So why not? And we'll, we'll see how it goes. So thanks for hanging out with me today, Ryan. Hey, no problem. I really appreciate you having me. Hey, what, what else do we have to do locked in our homes than uh, sit, talk, connect, and uh, maybe learn a little bit something exactly. as well. So uh, thanks learn. for having me. Appreciate it. No, please, man. Pleasure's all mine. I appreciate you reaching out. I sent that, that message out because, as I said, got a little bit extra time. People are at home. Let's take advantage of it, man. So, Ryan, the first question I have for you on For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Man, I grew up on sports. I mean, like everybody probably that has a similar answer. I grew up on it, playing it all my life, played baseball, basketball, was really a diehard baseball guy, you know, played both of them growing up. And then somewhere in junior high, high school time, I flipped over to basketball. I think maybe I had more skill at basketball. I'm not sure, but somehow that flipped and all of a sudden basketball became my thing. And so I went on to be a, a fairly, you know, I don't like talking about myself at all, but a fairly successful high school basketball player, went on to play college. Uh, you know, I'm an Illinois Hall of Fame basketball player. So I had a really good career playing basketball, which I guess just naturally sparked into, you know, loving sports. Um, and so it just kind of trickled into watching sports, hanging out, you know, you start playing fantasy sports and then it just kind of, uh, I guess, grows from there um, into college and then into my professional career, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Yeah. But I think so, it just started from playing, you know, playing and, and following it back in the day. It's the best, man. I mean, sports, the community aspect of it, you know, learning, being active, being healthy. There's so many yeah. easy things that come from just kind of going outside and shooting some hoops, right? Like that's at, at its core, it's just some fun. It's some something to fill some time, I guess. It is. It is. It's the, the athletics part is fun, but now looking back, so that's fun while you're doing it. But now looking back as an adult, kind of as a parent, I have kids that are kind of going through it, what I think I really got the most out of it and really enjoyed the most was really the team atmosphere, the team setting. Um, man, I think, you know, you really crave that once you don't have it anymore. Um, you know, going to practice with your buddies, hanging out with your buddies, just all of that uh, 
team um, sport mentality, I think, is one thing that is taken for granted by kids these days. And then when they get older, they're like, man, I need that. Then I miss it. So it's, um, it's something that they've always known, right? Like any, yeah. any athlete, especially if you grow up in a team sport, you've probably been doing it since you were seven, eight years old. Right. Sure. And so it's kind of second nature. And that's always one thing that you hear about guys that retire. And it's always like, well, why did you get into coaching after two years? It's like, I miss the guys. I miss yeah. being in a locker room. I yeah. miss my teammates yeah. and spending time with them because there's, there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing on planet earth like it. Right. And, and, and I'm a competitive guy by nature. So the competition just drives me. Um, you know, I won't say I'll win at all costs. You know, I'm not that type of guy, but just that competition and the winning and losing and, and having a purpose to really compete for something. And I think that translates over into my business. Um, you know, as I look back and reflect on things, you know, my athletic career qualities you learn through that and the competing really kind of translates into what we're doing today now in a business sense. I love it, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. And let, let's, uh, you, you were very humble for a second there, but you are uh, the fighting Illini, Illinois, um, <laughs> basketball hall of fame. Just yeah. want to touch on that. For yeah, a second. So, yeah. So I'll back up. So I'm originally from Illinois. I live in Orlando, Florida. Now, um, I went to a smaller school in Illinois, uh, played basketball, you know, in high school scored like 2,300 points in high school, like 2,300 points in high school. So was a very, uh, I guess you call it good shooter back in the day, made a lot of, you know, Steph Curry stuff before Steph Curry was even around shooting from deep and all of that. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I went on to play at a, at a smaller school up near Chicago in college, um, ended up being, you know, all area, all Midwest and all sorts of good stuff there as well. And then a few years later, they inducted me into the, what they call the IBCA, Illinois Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Um, which I'm very proud of because, you know, now I'm proud of it. Then I was kind of like, oh, this is dumb or whatever. But uh, when you look back and see names that are in that list and other, you know, just great basketball names, I'm like, man, somehow I fit in with that list. And so right. um, it, it was quite an honor and, and, and good times back in the day. Not something I really think about much anymore, but uh, definitely good yeah. times. Yeah, Chicago is, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan, not quite from Chicago, but, you know, he is, uh, he's, he's a bull and everything. But, I mean, a lot of talent comes from that area, yeah. weirdly enough, for whatever reason. I don't know what you guys have in the water out there. Yeah, it was a weird time back when I was playing too. I mean, I'm, I was more from central part of Illinois and then I went to school, Chicago, up, or I went to college up in Chicago. So in high school, I was in the central part. But I mean, it was like a basketball mecca. There was some great players, great teams back in the day there. And it was, uh, everybody kind of lived and breathed that sport. Uh, it just felt like the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, I did get the opportunity. This is another story for you that you'll love. Um, so coming out of high school, I was, you know, I was recruited here and there. I was from a smaller school, kind of a smaller guard. So I'm not really the big, big D1 material, anything like that. I could probably shoot like them, but didn't have the athletic ability that some of these players did. So I was getting recruited by a ton of smaller schools, you know, the D3s, the D2s, the junior colleges, the small, small D1s all over the nation, not like in my local area. Um, but the school I ended up going to was a division three school up near Chicago and believe it or not, their recruiting pitch was, hey, Michael Jordan holds his basketball camp at our college. If you come here, you'll be a counselor every summer for two, three weeks, which means you'll get autographs, you'll get to hang out with him, you'll get to be a part of that. And I mean, this is 97, you know, what this a is pitch, like, man. The time. What a pitch. this is Jordan's time. He's winning championships. I'm like, I'm in. Well, we can't give full scholarship. I don't care. I'm in. <laughs> and so... It turned out to be an amazing time there. I loved the basketball piece. 
And then every summer, sure enough, he'd come in for two weeks, run his camp for the kids. You know, we're a part of it as counselors. Most of the counselors are major D1 players from across the, the nation. And then you got us, you know, smaller Elmhurst College kids who are um, just there. And, and then he'd come back in at night. So he'd, he'd hang out with the kids. He'd come back in at night and just do open gym format with us. And so, you know, it's just like, hey, I'll take you. I'll take, you know, they're selecting people. And one game I'm on Jordan's team. The next game I'm somehow guarding Jordan. And it's just, it's just amazing. So such a cool story. And I wouldn't give up anything for, for that experience that I had uh, then. How do you not tell everybody that? That's insane. Like, <laughs> know, think man. about that. Again, at his peak, you're, yeah. you're literally guarding him. You know, like the dream team, you know, that iconic picture of, you know, yeah. I can't remember someone from team yeah. you know, Spain or something. It's like, just get my picture guarding Jordan. Like that whole thing. Like that must have been insane, dude. It was. I didn't appreciate it enough during the time. And it wasn't, the times weren't the same either, right? Exactly, I mean, yeah. You think about it now, if it was there, it'd be Instagram and selfie and all this with, with Jordan. Now, then it was like, man, I just hope there was like some old old millimeter camera like real mm -hmm. something and we get some old film and stuff but it's like not the same so well you still got the memories and that's the, the important part and, and tons um, of autographs which is amazing too that's so, so sweet yeah man. so anyway got off topic it. there but that's fine but this is your story that's clearly part of your story man you go. so you're good you're good no worries that is awesome um yeah. so uh noop sports noop solutions yep we connected sports gambling why do you love sports like how do you yeah after like there's just so many weird questions yeah. that I, I want to ask, but I don't want to because we're on a recording kind of thing. But like with, yeah, go for it. with, was it ever when you got into it to people like, Hey, were you doing anything funny back in the day? Was it, was there anything like, how do you get into sports gambling kind of all of a sudden, I guess. Yeah. So let me kind of tell you the story there. So Thank you. I had a, out of college, I got a full-time job at a big corporation. I was working at Caterpillar, which is a, you know, big, uh, a huge company, uh, moving up the ranks there, doing computer programming, which was like, eh, you know, not something I loved. I didn't love my job. I'll just go there. And um, so I was always looking for hobbies, right? I was always looking for something to do. And, and back then, online poker was kind of the thing that was emerging. You know, the online poker was kind of a little more popular. And so I really... So I had a background in web development and, and creating websites and all of this. And, and somehow I started dabbling in creating my own websites and then being intrigued that, oh man, I can somehow make a little money on my own website by putting an ad on it. And kind of this whole thing, you know, of like, oh, I can put like an article here, put an ad and maybe make 10 cents. You know, I'm like, what if I did that times a thousand? You know, back then this is like new stuff. So I'm like, oh, my brain's really moving. So I started to look into like, okay, how can I tie this to what I enjoy? I like playing poker, you know, I like sports, I like all this. And so I, I ran across a, it was called pokeraffiliatelistings.com. It was a poker affiliate forum, you know, just a, a message board forum that's kind of extinct these days, but uh, started hanging out there and really becoming part of the community, which really what it was is a bunch of webmasters that own poker sites or gambling sites and are monetizing them. And so I started to kind of learn and, and understand their needs, how they operated. Now, one thing I noticed right away was the one thing they all needed was content. They needed content. They needed articles because they all owned websites. And the one driving factor was the website ain't going anywhere if they don't keep loading it with content. So I dove into just and they had like a services section, right? Like marketplace services. And so I'm like, Hey, I can write articles. I'm not an 
English major or anything. I know poker. I know casino sports at that time. There wasn't a lot of sports websites. There wasn't a lot of that going on. I know this stuff. Uh, let's see what happens. So I put my little thing out there. Hey, I'll do it. I'll even do it for free. I'll write for you or write for five bucks or something. Let me just give it a try. See how it goes. So fast forward, started doing that year after year after year, really building relationships with a lot of these affiliates from this forum who fast forward today are pretty major players in this space now, right? But this is 10, 15 years ago that I'm creating these relationships with these guys. And I think that's one common theme you'll notice out of my story is I'm really built on relationships and, and growing that. So uh, I'll back up. So doing that, working on poker sites, doing articles, 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 still working a full-time job, kind of just mixing it in as a hobby. Year after year, kind of noticing, man, okay, well, they'll pay me seven bucks. They'll pay me 10 bucks. They'll, oh, man, they'll pay me a little bit more for an article, you know, just feeling out that whole, how much will they pay me? Um, and so I just really kept doing that. Then sports kind of came into it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love sports even more. You know, somebody comes to me, hey, I have a sports website. Do you write sports? Yes, I would love to. Start doing that. Um, and obviously, sports is just amazing because the content never goes dry right? The content is never dry. Whereas casino poker, it's like you can write the strategy article a hundred times, but it's still the same freaking strategy. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. in sports, I got a new pre, I got a new preview to do a new news thing coming out, something new. So when that came about, I immediately was like, oh man, I got to find more of this, more of this. And so I kind of made it my mission to start, okay, let's transition a little away from poker casino, start doing it at sports. Now, this is just me, freelancer, just me doing this. So fast forward to about five years ago. Let's back up about five years from today. Um, there came a point at Caterpillar where I was, you know, they were downsizing like any companies go through the ups and downs and they're downsizing and they gave a bunch of the longtime employees. I mean, I was almost 15 years in the business, kind of this option. You can, well, your job's going away, your, your position's going away, we'll move you somewhere else in the company. Or maybe a better option is we'll buy you out, we'll pay, we'll a severance pay, you know, a year's salary just to go away. And I was in this position where I was making a pretty good chunk on this, this side hustle. And I didn't really like my job. And I'm like, man, this is, this is a calling. This is an opportunity. Like I kind of always wanted to just branch out, do my own thing. So I did it. I took it, took the opportunity, left the business, went full time on that. Um, and the rest is really history. I mean, I reached out to all my clients that I had that I was doing just a little bit on said, Hey, I'm full-time now, full-time freelancer. What do you need? Oh my God. It was like, Oh, well this and this, I have this website and how about this? And can you write on this? And next thing you know, I'm like, like two months into it. I'm like, dude, I can't keep up with this. Like I cannot scale this any more than what I'm doing. And I'm going to go crazy writing 30 articles a day. Like I can't do it. Like it's great. I'm making money, all this, but I need to scale even further. So created an agency around the model and I won't get into the whole, that whole story because I've been talking here for 10 minutes, but created an agency um, and really tried to solve the problem of these, these webmasters that were needing good content, reliable content from United States facing people because um, a lot of the people that were freelancing at the time were from India or from places that really didn't know sports content or the U.S. sports landscape. And so I made that my mission to find people like me, bring them into my company. You know, I started with my brother, started with one of my best friends, kind of got them in. Hey, 
you need to sound like, like at first I was kind of weird about you need to sound like me. It just needs to be me because it's me. <laughs> and then over time, it's been more like, okay, we are a team. I have unique individuals. And, you know, now we have about 60 writers that work for us and, you know, the whole nine yards around our process. And it's, uh, we're doing about, well, we were doing about 1300 articles a month uh, before this sudden sports, mm -hmm. uh, sudden sports pause, which now we're obviously doing some different things. But um, so that's the story, man. I mean, it wasn't even like into sports gambling a lot myself, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't any, I wasn't doing, I was providing a service yeah. for people with sports or poker websites. So I never considered it illegal from my perspective. I'm just giving them articles. Now what they do with their, what they promote, that's not on me, right? Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. So I never even really had that uh, um, guilt, I guess, yeah. that yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. legal. It was like, well, I know some of the stuff that they're promoting and some of the people doing this maybe aren't legal, but I'm just, I'm just putting the article out there. That's it. Okay. So with the articles, especially when it comes to the sports aspect, was yep. it mostly based around gambling or was it mostly just kind of based around just news and, hey, Mookie Betts got traded to the Dodgers, like that kind of stuff? I mean, it really started off as gambling previews okay? because you know, most of the, the people are poker affiliates, okay. casino affiliates who now are, are sports betting affiliates. So they're making their money getting people signing up for a sports book. Mm -hmm. So it had to have some sort of a gambling flavor to it. So it was typically, you know, the, the standard preview, you see an intro about one team, about another team, and then your pick and preview at the bottom with some odds type stuff and my best guess on who's going to win mm -hmm. um, against the spread. So a lot of that now it's really, um, you know, now what we do has changed quite a bit. There's a lot of sites out there that we just do sports news, maybe with a little hint of gambling or how do the odds mm -hmm. play into this news. Um, so it's really kind of morphed into a little bit more than what we used to do. Um, but it started at, at its core, just previews. That is pretty cool, man. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's always very interesting. Um, you know, especially in the sports gambling world, I have a good friend who runs a company that's based around DFS, a lot mm -hmm. of daily fantasy sports. There's a sports betting aspect to it too. Uh, windailysports.com. They're really, oh, really cool what they do. I yeah. know Jason Jason's really well. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Dude. Look at that. That's awesome. Uh, that's I actually, hilarious. I host, I used to, um, I was host with him on the Sirius XM show, uh, for, for a couple minutes for a wow. few, for a Small few go arounds there. Yeah. Pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. Jason's a good dude. So anyone out there, check it out. They got some cool stuff. I work with them a little bit. It's kind of fun, but, um, yeah, it's always just interesting getting to meet people in this industry because it's, it's like this. So it's, it's been around for a very long time, whether people want to admit it or not. Like it's, yeah. it's been very forefront. The gambling odds have been, you know, sure. like. I, I worked in a restaurant when I was, you know, 14 years old and we used to have like the piece of paper that just had all the odds and everyone would just, <laughs> and it yeah. would be five bucks and you, right. whoever had the most picks, right. You'd win. It's like, so we've been doing it our whole lives. I just yeah. never realized. And then all of a sudden, you know, within the last couple of years, there's been a boom, but I guess in the beginning, you know, you kind of described, you know, what those articles originally were like, what has it been like over this kind of 20 year extravaganza yeah. you know this 20 year period how much has changed on the content side specifically um in what you guys are doing so on the so the first let me go not content side that i think okay. has changed a lot and, and the biggest thing that's changed is now people talk about it right because odds like you mentioned the odds the lines people betting that has been around forever right we've a lot of us have been involved, you know, betting offshore or betting with a, a little side bookie or whatever, and you just don't talk about it, right? You just, you just don't talk about it. 
But now over the last two, three years, we've seen a, such a huge increase in just people almost proud of the fact that, man, yeah. I'm betting now I'm betting, you know, they're talking about it and, and because they're doing it legally at their state or whatever. Uh, so that's one of the biggest shifts that, and it's same with my business, right? I mean, I went for the longest time, just what do you do? Eh, eh, writing articles in the sports mm -hmm. space, but that's it. Move on. Now I'm very proud of, we do sports betting articles, right? We do iGaming. I still do poker, still do casino, sports betting, you know, all of the above. Um, but that's what we do. And so I'm very proud to talk about it from a content side. Why do you think that is? Because we well, knew, again, there was trillions of dollars in this industry. In Europe, it's completely, not only is it legal, they have everything in the stadium. Like, why, yeah. why were we so... I think for it. me, it's just out of fear of the illegalness, okay. right? I mean, the knowing I'm not doing anything illegal with the services, but just being, I guess, part of a uh, gray area mm -hmm. or part of a black market type thing, it's just something I didn't really want to go around shouting from the rooftops that I was a part of. Um, and, and, you know, that's just a culture thing, I think, where we're all kind of like, and maybe illegal, maybe not. It's kind of that gray area. Better just not talking about it. <laughs> it, it makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. just so funny, though. You know, my, my whole life, we've literally been doing picks on Sundays. Like, it's just yeah. that whole thing. And it's, yeah. you know, you don't think about it as gambling until someone's like, this is explicit gambling. Like, yeah, Mark right. had what yeah, is it oh, the, the you know the the insane numbers that happen yeah. with march madness and like how much illegal gambling because every office has a pool yeah. like every yeah. person fills out a bracket we're all throwing 10 or 20 bucks and all of it's technically illegal but yeah. it's weird how around certain events it's totally fine um super bowl you know creating those yeah. box pools that's it's a legal gambling, gambling. <laughs> like it's just crazy to me how all this works out and some of it we talk about and we like shout from the rooftops like Mark Madness and the Super Bowl and other things, you know, like I understand again, your business and everything, but yeah. you were right. There's so many people that like mybookie.ag. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, what's dot AG's CJ? Yeah, well, yeah, you weird. know, that kind of thing. I just think, you know, the whole thing is, is a little, and this is just my stance on the legal gambling thing. I think the whole thing is a little silly. Cause like, like you just pointed out, there are, there's so much of this going on. It's happening offshore. We're ha it's happening right here on March Madness on Super Bowl. And almost like the U.S. government and people are just, okay, it's good. That's good. But then this isn't. You know, you can't actually go to a sports book and make a bet, but you can do all of this. And so there's all these, like, weird things that are happening. I think it's – personally, I think it's all silly. It should be regulated at the federal level for the United States level and just says, hey, it's legal in the United States. It's taxed, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're going down this route right now where it's state-by-state state legalization, and it is a complete cluster. It's a complete nightmare. Uh, every state has its own, you know, its own licensing fees, its own taxing, its own rules around where and how and when and what can be bet on, and it's, it's so confusing. I mean, think about it, especially from people that travel or people that move a lot and things like that. I mean, you're always in a different location. What can I do here? What can't I do here? What's it's, it's crazy to me. I think it's been over. I don't know if it's overthought about or overcomplicated mm -hmm, maybe. Yeah. And it, and I actually believe that in the future, I do think it will be regulated federally. I think somehow after we kind of get down all these rabbit holes with all these States, somehow it's all going to come back to, well, all that was good. Thanks for doing all that prep work. Now we're going to do this from a federal level or something. Yeah. 
but which I don't one know. makes the most sense? Which one works the best? That's I what they'll know. probably use. Exactly. I mean, we'll get all I this mean, in, this giant ball of yarn, and then they'll yeah. just come in and start chopping Crazy. it up with scissors. But it has definitely changed uh, over the years. So yeah, so that's the non-content side. And sorry, we've kind of went off on a little tangent there, Good. which I'm cool with. That's how real conversations work. And then so I guess on the on the content side, you know, obviously with the internet and with everything, yeah. as you said, it started off as articles and you still guys are doing 1300 a month. Like yeah. what, like how have, how have those changed? And then what else have you yeah. guys added into your repertoire? Yeah. So some of the big things that have changed. So back in the day, uh, back in the day, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was all about just getting the content out there as much as you can, as quick as you can. Quality wasn't necessarily a thing. I mean, it, it was, but it but, wasn't, it was kind of like, third important. Now we're seeing a shift to um, more quality, more lengthy quality content that's needed instead of this quick and dirty type content because you see thousands of websites that have the same type of previews. Now everybody wants to stand out and do something above and beyond. So, hey, instead of doing your regular 500 word preview, let's do a 2000 word preview with infographics and charts and tables and, and extra data injected into it and, and a lot of this extra stuff. So almost like uh, enhancing the content. So we're seeing that trend really heavily, especially on the sports betting side, making these previews and stuff really fancy and stand out. Um, we're also seeing a shift to the type of articles that are happening. Um, I mean, there's always been reviews and strategy type articles, but we're seeing a very huge uptick in those simply because there are a lot more reviews to do now. I mean, every state then has casinos and sports books and online sports books and things that are now going to be legal in these states. And so all of these sites need reviews for those done. And when I say a review, it's a standard review, like, Hey, how good is this site at this and this and this? And so we're doing a ton of those right now for every brand. Um, so we're seeing a lot of those. And then I think the last thing that people have their eye on a lot more, and this is just um, because it's kind of a buzzword and kind of like a thing, but SEO is so big now and it has been for the last few years. But what's amazing to me, and this is kind of another side note, but what's amazing to me is working with, you know, 60, 70 different clients and different sites across whatever. There is no black and white SEO. Everybody has their own um, thoughts, their own mm -hmm. mapping of what SEO, search engine optimization, what that means to them. And so from a content perspective, that gets really difficult because we know what we know. Like we know what we believe is good SEO. We think we have a good uh, SEO structure and, and way of putting keywords and stuff like that in. But then every one of our clients is telling us, well, but we like to do this. And then the next client says, well, we like to do this. Oh, we do it this way. And so mapping that to the, so we're getting a lot more of these very detailed, um, uh, briefs, I guess you would mm. call it very detailed requirements, which makes it not as easy of writing as it used to be, because now we have to really put time into, okay, this has to fit the project, you know? Um, so that's changed quite a bit where, and, and that just shows that there's teams now that are focusing on their content. Mm -hmm. It used to just be one man band, right? I need content, get it out, published, done. Now it's like full SEO teams that are planning content strategies for all websites across the, uh, across the web. So Which, it's a crazy time. 
it, which is how it should be though, right? Like that's, should. you want to stand out. You want to do sure. what you can to be looked sure. at as an expert in the area. And especially, you know, um, and now I'm kind of curious, like only three years ago versus now, like w- with, with finally, what is it? PASPA once that finally was passed and, you know, you had stuff open up, you know, I'm here in New yeah. Jersey. So it was really easy. We were, oh, I think we were nice. second state to finally just be like, all right, let's turn it on. Yeah. And easy I think there. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think the handle in New Jersey for 20 for the Super Bowl was more than it was in Nevada, which I mm-hmm. think is Nevada, mm-hmm. Nevada, however you're supposed to say it. First time like that's ever happened, obviously sure. in history. And it's like, it's just crazy. The capabilities. Um, how, how many companies have you just seen pop up over the last, like looking at Jason, right? Like how many companies yeah. have you seen like this just kind of pop up over the last few years where they have a legitimate product. It's now, now the marketplace is just flooded. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot, man. It is a lot. The, uh, the amount of startups and the amount of ideas is so uh, abundant right now. Uh, you know, I see them popped up every day. I get pitched, not pitched, but just, hey, what about this idea? You know, every day. Um, and they're all really good ideas, right? I mean, everybody has a good idea. It's all going to come down to the marketing of it and the customer acquisition of it. There's only so much um, there, there's only so much demand, right? Uh, there's a lot of supply right now. There's only so much demand to get into all these products. So I think you're going to see that bubble maybe go away or at least lower. And this actually, this time, uh, unfortunately with this coronavirus and all mm-hmm. this may weed out. I, I hate to say that word cause I don't like, I don't want to get rid of, but it may yep. discourage some of these startups from really moving forward with what their good idea is. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of new new websites, uh, new daily fantasy products, new free to play um, yeah. games. You know, that's a trend right now. The free to play games to simply capture um, an email or a, a user to then send on to somebody else. It's all about the data, right? So now I have a million people that are using my thing. I have their data. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's a definitely a sharp increase. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, until, until this. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and, you know, again, working closely with Jason on some of this stuff, he's okay with it, right? He's, yeah. he's, I don't know how often you, you guys speak, but he has a pretty cool uh, outlook on really what's going to happen. And, and he kind of said the same thing. It's like, unfortunately, a lot of companies are not going to survive this. Like just companies in general, but specifically sports gambling, yeah. sports betting companies, they will not survive something like this. Yeah. I mean, ironically, Jason and I hung out at uh, betting on sports America. So the conference up in New Jersey last mm-hmm. year really hit it off, really connected. And uh, yeah, so we, we talk quite a bit now and, and I follow what he does. He's doing a great job with that site and they're just crushing it. This isn't a plug for Win Daily by any means, but I mean, they're crushing it. They're killing it. They're winning. D- well, they were when it was sports was hand- yeah, going on. Russian, the DFS, um, yeah, and they're doing a bunch it, of you know, stuff with like League of Legends now, which is really funny. So, yeah, I haven't gotten into that as much Neither. personally, but uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I tend to agree with Jason in the fact that um, I do think it's going to weed out, um, you know, some of the. I don't want to use this term, but I was going to say pretenders, you know, the mm-hmm. not really, it's not a fair statement because everybody's trying, right? Everybody's trying to get their product out there, but the ones that really don't have it and really don't want to work through it are going to go away. The ones that want to fight and say, Hey, this is a downturn. What can we do to improve our business, improve our position in this crazy flooded market? What can we do to improve our position? The ones that take that mindset I think are going to win at the end of all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the mindset I'm taking with my company is like, well, yeah, this sucks. You know, our articles went from this to this and we're doing a whole bunch of different stuff now, you know, clients are, Oh, I need this and this. It's just a chaotic mess, but Hey, 
we're going to fight through it. And then we're going to come out, look at the silver linings, right? There's some good things that are going to come from this. We're going to grow in these areas. And then when it all comes back, we're going to be this much higher. So mm-hmm. that's my mindset yeah. on it. I like that. And that's the exact mindset I have on all this stuff too. Like you have to keep doing something and you have to be looking at it as there is always opportunity. There's always going to be opportunity. You just have to find it and figure out what it is. So we've plugged Jason enough and we appreciate him. (laughs) Plug you a little bit more. What exactly are you doing? I mean, I don't want this conversation to all be about, you know, the downtime we're in now, but I think it is really important to understand like you are a content creation business. And right now, you there's nothing really to gamble on there's not too many sports to gamble on right now so what are you guys doing to make sure that you're popping out the other side where you guys are the preeminent sports gambling content creation sure sure so we we really are confident about our position as the top sports betting content provider uh custom content provider around i mean we've built that reputation we work with so many of the biggest groups and affiliates now, what we've seen, you know, maybe 20, 25% of our clients have said, hey, we're just going to be on pause. We're just going to stop what we're doing. Um, we're just going to wait, wait it out. But the other side, you know, most of the bigger companies and the real long-term visionary type companies, it's almost went on the flip side. We're like, okay, well, this is a good time to increase this type of content, strategy articles, reviews. Let's clean up our pages and our evergreen type stuff, you know, that's out there. And so while it's not as easy for us to just say, Oh yeah, we're doing, you know, it's not as simple for us. There's a ton of work and we're getting requests, you know, every hour I'm just getting new requests for, Hey, can we do these four articles? Can we do three, these three, can we do this? And so we're getting a ton of content related articles um, still in the sports betting space. So still a lot of that. The other thing we've done is I've officially, and actually it's ironic because it was today, but we officially launched a new division, which we're calling the, well, two new divisions, the casino and the esports division. Now we've always done casino, but I've also over the last 10 years started to back off of casino. And I've told clients, lots and lots of clients over the years, eh, we have so much in sports. This is what we do. We're sports, we're sports, we're sports. Now I'm kind of circling back around as a company CEO and saying, okay, maybe all of our eggs are in one basket a little too heavily we have great processes. Our processes of how we do the content flow is amazing. I have a great team. I have a process to get writers in different areas that we, we have the spot. Now let's launch into some other areas. And so we're going to jump into casino really heavily because what else do people have to do besides play casino? And then the esports space is one that intimidates the heck out of me personally, but it's such a big area that I think if I get the right help on board my team to help me through that process. I think we can uh, really mimic what we do in the sports betting space for esports sites as well and help them with content. So those are two areas that we're going to grow into um, while this downturn happens. And that was what I was referring to Mm -hmm. when we come out of this, hopefully we're going to have all this work going on in casino, all this work going on in esports, and then, Oh yeah, sports is back. Now Mm -hmm. we have all of this. So we've grown that's the goal. So it's, those uh, are the it's couple areas that we're, we're moving. Smart on. way of going about it. I mean, you have the expertise in the casino and the online poker area already. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's probably an easy flip, you know, switch to yeah. flip. Maybe, maybe not easier said than done, of course, but it's, it's probably nice to go back to some of those old friends. Here and say, hey guys, we're, uh, we're back at it. If you guys are interested, you 100%. liked all the work before. So why not again? And 
I guess, you know, the esports side of it, it's, you know, I have people on here all the time just to talk about esports because I'm so interested in it. I, I played video games as a kid. Um, but like just the fact that now kids are making millions of dollars playing video games is interesting to me. Uh, and I want to learn more about it. So it's always really cool kind of understanding that yeah. space of kind of what's going on and how they go about it. So I'm very smart on your side to get into that. And I guess, which are you just taking it from a general angle or is there a sports betting tilt that you guys are kind of taking it from? Yeah, no, I think there's gonna be a little bit of both. I think you're going to have some of the general content. So, you know, we're, we're marketing it as a general esports content bucket, you know, so whether it be just talking about game matchups and game previews and, or tournament previews that are coming up, things like that, or even if it's uh uh, on the sports betting side, there is an element of sports betting to esports that a lot of people don't understand or that um, it hasn't really bloomed yet, I would say. And so I think over the next five years, you're going to see that really boom. And so if we can build a small team that really understands that and can educate via content um, and help these sites educate via content, uh, I think we're really going to carve out a little niche of our own that we can serve these people. So yes, that's a big part of it since we do understand the betting side of things. Uh, but we'll do some of the extra stuff as well. Uh, again, me personally, I'm, I'm very uneducated on esports. So even when I talk about it, I probably sound a little silly. Um, but I, I think I have enough expertise on my team already to kind of maybe lead up that division or help that division bloom and blossom. Cause I've had writers, a lot of my writers are, you know, college kids or just out of college and things of that nature. And Hey, why aren't we doing esports content? I'll do that. I'd love to, you have any esports? And I'm like, guess I better do it. Cause they all want to write about it. So now I got to find the other side, right? Find the uh, people ordering that content. So. And then I guess, so, so from that perspective, the content perspective, again, you know, kudos on you realizing, Hey, maybe we did have all our eggs in one basket. Let's kind of diversify a little bit. So it sounds like you're almost going to have three different divisions there, but from like the, the content perspective, you personally, and then the writers on your team, how did you go about becoming an expert? And I'm using air quotes on all of these teams, on all of these matchups, on everything that's going on. How did you learn those strategies and then be able to, like, you must be the best gambler on planet earth at this point. Right? <laughs> I say that with a wry smile. So, so I'll back up a little bit. I think we are the leading authority on the process. On okay. the process of uh, being able to get high quality content quickly, reliably, low cost um, to the being able to speak to the audience correctly, understanding what maybe the, the website is goal, the website's goal is right. I mean, there's so many different types of websites, right? There's the affiliate sites, there's the operator sites. So we understand what type of article can come in and where if you hire a freelancer or whatever, sometimes that's difficult to teach that freelancer the style they want or what type of article this should be. Whereas I feel like we have that really deep expertise because we've done millions, I feel like millions of articles over the years and then we've gotten millions of feedback over the years on how to do things correctly. Um, and then, so we don't necessarily know everything about every sport or everything about there is to know about sports betting and sports gambling. I mean, I wouldn't claim that we're the, the best bettors in the world. Uh, I mean, we have to be pretty fairly smart because we're writing about it every day. So I would think we'd be pretty good, but that wasn't necessarily what I was claiming when I was trying to say we're the best out there. Um, you know, a lot of journalism, a lot of writing, a lot of uh, content creation really comes from, research, studying, um, 
you know, looking at uh, other examples and being able to take things from it and, and actually putting together a, a piece that makes sense, not always comes directly from your mind of like, I know this. I mean, we'll get topics all the time that it's like, okay, well, you know, a perfect example is we just had an article topic because nothing's going on. So it was like, hey, we need a full betting preview on WrestleMania 36. And I'm like, who knows how to bet on WrestleMania 36? Like nobody. And so reached out to my team. Oh, I love WrestleMania. This is the best. And so, but again, they aren't experts on how to bet it. Nobody, I mean, I don't know what people bet it. So I think you learn and you just kind of uh, grow um, on how, the sports betting and the different sports and stuff like that works. But uh, it's the process that I feel like, you know, when people hire our company to do their content, man, they're just, they're going to get a great experience. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why would I go back to a freelancer when I can have 50 freelancers, you know, because they can come to me about any topic, any, anything. And I'll be like, I got a guy or yeah, I, I have a team built around horse racing. I have a team built around MMA. I have a team built sadly enough around cricket you know around all these areas and so it doesn't have to be one person it's different people so mm -hmm. as long as they're okay with that um knowing that that it may be different writers in different niches then uh then that's that so hopefully that answered that question yeah. but yeah, yeah yeah absolutely it's more about the process i mean that's yeah. what most things are right most things yeah. are about the process and and again to that nature working with you know you were one freelancer and then as you said you brought on your brother you brought on your best friend okay now there's a couple of you now you're working with 50 or 60 mm -hmm. how is how do you process that? How do you make sure that all of those people are doing what they need to do? Because again, they're freelancers, they're kids right out of college or in college. Yep. Yep. How do you make sure that everybody is kind of staying in line doing what they need to do? I'm sure you have a very good process around that as well. Very good. That was, uh, that's been my mission the last five years is just, I, you know, and, and actually I'm using this downtime to even perfect that process even more, right? Okay. What can we do better? What can we, what can we iron out? And so, um, tools, man, you got to use good tools. We use Asana heavily. Asana is a lifesaver. It's a project management tool. Basically you've probably heard of Trello. Maybe it's mm -hmm. similar to a Trello, uh, where you have lanes and, you know, you can move a piece of content from planning to assign to a writer, to editing, to publishing, you know, to all of these different buckets. And so, you know, it's just defining the processes and then defining, you know, we call them templates, but defining templates around all the different projects that we have. So when we get an order from somebody, we don't have to revisit what that person wants. We have a template in place that says, okay, here's their key points that they want. Maybe here's their style sheet. Um, here's some things that they've given us in the past. Here's the topic, you know, here's the keywords we need to fit. And so it's very process oriented. Um, and then we use, uh, Slack. We probably use Slack as well, uh, but we use that heavily Slack, for communication. Yeah. So you say you hate it. Hate Slack. Can't hate stand. it. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I didn't, why I, I didn't like it either, but six months ago we migrated from everybody like emailing and commenting and doing all this to like, okay, I need one spot. I just need mm -hmm. a spot. And so I just mandated that everybody's here. And so we're all there and it works wonders for us just because we're all there and we can, kind of silo our team into areas, right? Okay. All content writers are here. If I have a urgent message or an urgent job request that I don't know who to assign to, I can put it out there and then we get five people. Oh yeah, I'd love that. Or yeah, that's me. And, um, you know, we use that for our communication tool. So those are really the two pieces that I'm able to manage it. But some days I don't feel like I can manage it. Like it's just overwhelming. And then I got a good, I just got a good team. I have a really good team. I have one of the best planners around my brother he's probably watched this, but my brother does a great job on the planning side. I got a really good editor and publisher who 
does the back end, you know, the front end's taken care of, the back end's taken care of. I'm just trying to keep the ball rolling. And then we mm-hmm. got great writers that just keep feeding, feeding uh, the good content. So and, and great and great clients. I mean, the clients are helpful. good. So yeah. yeah, I think it's always interesting again, you know, when you go from, uh, you know, a couple person team to now, you know, that it's a, a 60 person organization. We're not messing around. Like that's pretty legitimate and keeping all that yeah. stuff together. Well, the one thing you got to remember is that, so my writers are not all full time, right? They're mm-hmm. not, it's not full time responsibility to me, but that is sometimes even more difficult to manage, exactly. right? Yeah. Because I they're not more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I just now kind of, maybe that's more difficult, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they're they're not all full time. So it's not like I have the responsibility of of keeping them burdened and busy. That would have been stressful right now, right? I mean, right now I'm not as stressed if I have to tell them, look, you may not have as much because there's not as much sports coming. Well, that's okay. This is their side hot hustle. They're where I was. They are exactly where I was 15 years ago, where they're just oh, learning this oh, side hustle, things like that. And you know, we got a lot of teachers that love to do this. They do it at night. They do their, their writing. And then we do, we have a team of maybe five or 10 writers that are professional. Like this is what they do. Like they are very much um, sports betting writers or whatever. So I don't know. You got to manage all the people as you can, but it just, it's a good team. Just having a good team is the, is the key. Always, always helpful. Okay. And yeah, having a couple, yeah, it makes sense again where we are right now, just seeing all the stories, so many people, you know, I have friends that their salaries were reduced. I have friends that, Hey, you know, you're not fired, but we can't pay you right now. And once everything comes back, we can, but you know, it's only a month. It's not two months or three months or whatever it is. So there's obviously a lot of stuff going on and it's unfortunate, but it's, it's, again, if people are understanding like, Hey, this is part-time, this is fun money for you. You know, this is, you know, going out on a Friday night money, like, sorry, you don't get it. You can't go out on a Friday night right now anyway. So who the hell cares? But, um, When for you, kind of, what was it like making that switch from, hey, you really enjoy writing all these articles and doing all these things to, hey, now you're the CEO of a company. <laughs> you don't really get all the fun stuff. I don't know. Maybe you still every once in a while you pop yeah. in and do an article just for fun. But what was that kind of transition like and almost accepting like, I got into yeah. this because it's fun and something I like to do. And now, yeah. now I'm sure you love your business and running it, yeah. but it's not quite the same. It's not. I mean, it was a very different transition. And, and luckily... I love business almost as much as I love that, um, you know, writing on sports or following sports. I mean, I think I've almost, uh, sadly, personally, I've almost turned into more of a, just a business, love of business, love of entrepreneurship, love of the process more than I love sports even now. I mean, I find myself, I'm like, man, I'm not even watching games. I'm not even, I'm more like, okay, I got to get, keep things going in the business. And I'm like, ah, I didn't watch the games last night. I don't know if Duke won or I don't know if, you know, what happened. Everybody comes to me thinking, you know, everything about sports. And I'm like, well, I used to, cause I used to write every article. So I had to like follow every line move and every, everything, but I'm really disconnected from that personally now. And I just got to keep the business moving. So the transition was hard, but I've really enjoyed it to be honest with you because I do love business. And, um, like I told you earlier, I'm a competitive guy. So, uh, owning a business gives you that, um, I guess that, uh, ability to be able to win or lose or beat others. Whereas if you're, you know, when I was working at Caterpillar, I didn't feel like I had that, um, drive, right. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't see, you know, your layer, 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 layer to the, to the real business stuff that's going on. And so you don't really see, how the business is doing where now it's like my livelihood depends on it. And so 
I got to keep pushing the needle forward. And, and if I don't, how, what's the challenge of getting there? So I've enjoyed that piece. I don't write hardly any anymore every now and then maybe. And that's usually only if like somebody gets sick, my brother's got like all these like three, four things have to happen. It's like, Oh crap, we still got to get the article done. I'll do it. <laughs> but that's a uh, few and far between uh, to be honest. So yeah, that it's always interesting seeing kind of these content creation companies, like the person that starts it, you do it cause you love it. Like yeah. you want to write about it. And now, unfortunately, now that you're running the company, it's not yeah. really something you can do anymore. Thankfully, you've been able to find yeah. another way to get that outlet. As you said, you have the business aspect, which you really enjoy. So I always think that that's really cool too. And, and going back to, I guess, the content about it, like yeah. obviously articles is, is kind of where you guys, you know, that's how you yeah. butter your bread. But what other things yeah. are you trying to do? Again, podcasts, that's you know, everybody on planet earth starting a podcast in the next couple of weeks because we don't have anything to do. Sure. Thankfully I've been doing this for two years. I've done over 200 of these. So maybe I'm a little bit further ahead than some other people, but sure. what else are you guys doing? Is it video? Is it, is it yeah. podcast audio? Like how else are you trying to yeah. um, expand what you're doing to, yeah. to, to service your clients? Yeah. So about a year and a half ago, um, I decided to really branch out and use my sports betting industry, not only my industry network, industry connections, industry knowledge, and offer some other services or use that and kind of try to pull it all together, right? So um, we launched a, so I've been collecting, I'll say the word collecting, sports betting slash gambling domain names for the last five to 10 years, right? I mean, just different, different things, whatever, just things that I thought would be relevant at some point, or maybe I had a dream of developing at some point or something. Um, but I never really thought of selling them until maybe the last year or so here where I'm starting to see an uptick in all these web properties and demand for all these products. And I'm like, man, and then you see like the, you know, some website sold for $2 million. You're like, Whoa, you're like, I have a domain that's like right at almost the same as that. So I launched a, what I, it's premium gambling domains.com. It's a, it's a storefront full of these domains and we have it loaded with about 600 domains right now that are all in the iGaming space. So Casino, gambling, poker, sports betting, esports, or any kind of niche in that. Um, so we launched that, and we're trying to learn that space. You know, we're, we're creating a uh, kind of a sales team to try to sell those. Also, a brokering side where we'll help broker other people's domains. So you really use our storefront um, as a uh, an authority for people to come in and buy gambling domains. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my goal and hope for that. It's only about four months old. Yeah, four months old or so. So that, uh, but that's going to be a big space, I think, over the next five years. And I'm excited to learn how to really get into that space. It's definitely a different space than content, but, you know, the domain buying and selling and flipping, it's almost like real estate flipping, right? It's yeah. similar to that concept. But um, we're trying to learn that. And we've had some success in it, right? You know, you have, you have some of your, oh, I bought that for 10 bucks. I sold it for 2000. You're like, whoa, if I could only do that times you know, that's the mindset, but it's not that easy. So um, I'm working on that from a business side. I think that's natural. And then just the, uh, we don't do a lot of video, but we do have a podcast. So the Noob Sports Show we've been doing for a couple years now, similar to you. I think we have about 75 episodes that we've done. And probably the last 40 episodes, 30 to 40 episodes have been very similar to this, where I'm talking to heavy, heavily invested iGaming professionals. So very niche to the iGaming people, not just sports in general, uh, but talking to people, understanding what they do, letting them maybe showcase their product or their service. You know, all these that we just talked about a little bit ago, uh, come on and talk about it. Uh, Jason, I believe has been on it. If not, Jason, you need to get on, but I think yeah. he's been on. I'll add and him. S- don't worry. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I do a little bit of that, but that's more brand awareness for me. Mm -hmm. It's not revenue generating. It's more just brand awareness, uh, stuff. Um, we don't do a lot of video. I'd love to do video content, but I don't get a lot of demand for that. And then, um, what was the last thing? Oh, just some general consulting. So I found myself being asked a lot, Hey, can you help us from an advisory perspective or from a, you know, consulting perspective, move our need, move the needle forward with this product or service. So find myself more myself than my whole company, but myself involved in, in a few other projects where I have a, maybe a stake in it or, um, you know, some sort of a, a piece of, mm-hmm. of another project that I'm helping them move. So that's really it. That's, those are the big pieces. And then, that's, like I said, we launched that's the, it. yeah, that's much. it. I that's mean, that's, that's about it. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Exactly. You're having fun. You're going to do it. And I think, again, I think it's really cool that you've been doing this for so long. You've been doing this for 20 years that you can come in as that consultant and say, I've seen this work. I've seen this not work. This, these are the problems. Yeah. These are the solutions. This is how you can do it. And you can really kind of get these companies rather than, you know, starting at step A, B or C. Now they're kind of at yeah. J, K range. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're a little bit further along and they could take advantage of some of that stuff. What about like venture capital? Like I don't like whether you yeah. do it or, or if you know people, if you have relationships in those types of areas to help these sports betting, especially over the last couple of years with everything kind of blowing up. Do you have those types of relationships as well? It's a big space right now. I mean, all these new, new sites are looking for funding and they need funding to grow. Um, and I think there's a lot of money out there that's willing to invest in this space as well. So it's, it's trying to match those up. So I've found myself involved in several of those conversations, uh, mainly as I call it being the connector. Um, just connecting, you know, that's what I like to call myself a natural connector. And and again, I haven't really ever done it for money. I've done it for, Hey, this will all come around. So Mm -hmm. if I'm talking to you and you say, man, we really need funding. We're looking for this. And I'm talking to you and we have capital. We're looking for the right project. I'll just put those two together and say, Hey, hopefully it works out. So I do that a lot where I'll connect a group of people looking to invest with, you know, just certain newcomer sites and hope for the best and kind of just stay away from the, what happens. I don't know what happens. Um, but I don't get involved in the details of a lot of that right now. It's more just the connecting of the people as I grow my network, understanding what, mm. you know, the needs and demands and stuff are in that space. But it definitely is a, is a hot spot, hot space. Yeah. That was kind of my assumption again, not, not actually being involved in those deals, but yeah. understanding having all those relationships, doing this for 20 yeah. years, doing something very specific for 20 years that, for the first 15, we didn't even really talk about too much. So it's kind of like, yeah. a, not, not shady. Shady is not the word I want. Shadowy? Is shadowy a little bit better? It's better word. Yeah, yeah okay. Shadow, shadow. Oh, it's definitely better than shady. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's kind of my, that was my thought about it. Too. Um, so we talked about the bubble a little bit. What about like uh, fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports? How much of, you know, consulting content creation do you guys do for those types of websites as well? Not a ton. We did it there when it was really booming, you know, when DraftKings and FanDuel kind of really got going and they were putting all the marketing dollars out. You saw a lot of websites popping up and a lot of, of these sports betting affiliates saying, hey, let's add DFS into our repertoire and repertoire, repertoire, repertoire. And uh, and so we were getting a lot of content requests for, you know, doing um, daily fantasy uh, lineup, you know, just lineup generation articles and then some strategy around it that's really slowed down. Um, I think what has happened is the sports betting affiliates and I say affiliates, cause that's a lot of who we work with, but the websites have realized that they don't make a lot of money on the DFS player from their perspective. Now they may, the DFS player value 
in general, I think is lower than the sports betting player value. And so they're not spending as much time on that content. So we don't do a lot of that anymore. We'll do the high level strategy. If somebody requests it, we'll still do it. Um, and I have a really two, three really good guys that can do some like top level, high, high level DFS content. Um, but we just don't get that request very much. It's, it's typically, you know, what's, what's the higher uh, mm-hmm. generating and we don't yeah. really go after it either. I don't go after strictly DFS sites um, simply because I know maybe that they aren't going to be able to uh, pay enough for mm-hmm. that content mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things where I know the sports betting sites are generating more revenue maybe than, and that could be a generalization from my point of view that may not be a fair overall generalization uh, just from what I've seen in the content space. Uh, we don't go after that a lot. So, and it, it makes sense too, because like I see so I'm like obviously in it with Jason and what he does, but like even FanDuel and, and DraftKings, yeah, you don't really hear about the DFS anymore. Uh, you no. hear about the sports crazy and really kind of once that happened, yeah, DFS is still huge. People still play it every yeah. day. There's still millions of dollars on the line, well, but yada, yeah. yada, yada. But if the two companies that really kind of created it aren't even paying attention to it too much anymore, it's, it's just interesting, especially from their marketing perspective, because that's all you ever see now. It's just oh, yeah. sports book, FanDuel sports book, yeah. because there's so much money that they can make from something like that. Like, yeah. Why would you not? Yeah, it's right. crazy that it has shifted like that. Because man, you just remember back in the day when it was the it was everything. I mean, everyone was talking about it. Everyone was playing. Uh, I personally, uh, another story for you, but I personally won the NBA, the FanDuel NBA championships back in 2013 or something. Wow. So I, I, I hold on, I didn't win the whole thing. I won a big qualifier that found myself mm. at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, playing right. yeah so the event was out in la at the playboy mansion and you know there was like 80 people out there i think i got like 40th at the big tournament or whatever but man like hanging out at the playboy mansion hanging out at their parties the fan duel parties back in the heyday and all that stuff was just uh whew, another story for another day but yes. uh very cool story that another memory that i have mm-hmm. in the in the bank that i don't really talk about much but that is that um, is pretty cool man that's, that's pretty cool. struck iron with a, with one of my lineups i was like oh gosh and it was one of those sweat ones right you're up till three in the morning like oh yes that's so, awesome man well yeah. congratulations on that and yeah it's, cool. it's always interesting to kind of see how how the landscape changes so quickly um with something like that once it became legal you pretty much just saw the shift and just yeah. um you know back in the heyday i can't remember i told you i'm, I'm reading a book right now called billion yeah. dollar fantasy about DraftKings and FanDuel and kind of that that race to the top and pretty much they both just are equals in my mind at this point but one of them i want to say it was DraftKings, became the biggest advertiser in america for yeah. a period of time because they spent so much money to let everybody know what their product was and now again they barely even pay attention to it anymore so it's kind of funny i know they they've all been bought out at this point william hill i think points yeah. bet. somebody somebody came in i'm pretty sure bought everybody at this point so it is what it is but ryan this was great man did we is amazing. there anything else we need to touch upon i mean unless I you got think. more cool michael jordan stories that you want to talk uh, about not, not not michael jordan no i have no more of those so uh, at least not on air i'll ask you off air how's that that's that's right but man i really appreciate this you're yeah. doing a great job here Thank and you. i've been watching uh, some of the last ones you do so keep up the great work it's i appreciate uh, that really amazing good stuff it's fun man it's my favorite thing i get to do so hopefully one day someone pays me to do it but other than that <laughs> ryan Newpool, founder and ceo of noop solutions noop sports sports gambling casino esports if you need content sounds like this guy's got it so appreciate it ryan thank you You're the man. Thank you. Appreciate being here.
Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Ryan Newpol. As I said, super cool dude, doing a lot of interesting stuff. Super, very high energy, so I'm grateful that uh, he. we had a nice back and forth there. It was, it was really enjoyable. And everything that he's doing is, again, is very eye-opening that there are so many different opportunities within the sports world. And that's definitely one thing that I like to get across with the show. So thank you all for doing li- listening so that I can get that point across. So thank you all for that. If you could, please make sure to follow Ryan on all of his socials. Everything is in the show notes. Check out the website. That's there as well. And if you could, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a review somewhere, wherever you're listening, it would be super, super helpful. Apple Podcasts, that's another big one. Um, It really helps with the algorithm or whatever. At least that's what I've been told by other people. So yeah, if you guys don't mind, would really appreciate it. So thank you all so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. I appreciate it. And I hope you make it a wonderful day.